It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. Behind the net to Ferraro. Spins a backhander through traffic around the near boards. Gregor settles it. Ekholm pinches in. Gregor slides it over to Ferraro. Boy, he gets hit pretty hard there by Fogel into the boards. Puck skitters free. And now it's McDavid against Benning again. Worked loose, but the Sharks come up with it. Unfortunately, though, Bordalo couldn't get it. And it's fired toward the net just wide. Fortunately, by Bouchard. McDavid centers in front for Fogel. Tipped away by Gregor's stick. Rebound, score! It's McDavid. He scores the goal and he has 150 points on the season. Connor McDavid, for the first time since Mario Lemieux in 1995-96, has reached 150 points and Edmonton takes the 2-1 lead. McDavid gets it back near side. Pass to the circle, intercepted and cleared out by Hurdle. And the Sharks will get a quick change here. Who's stepping onto the ice? Stephen Lawrence. Uh-oh, McDavid, he's got sprung. Breakaway, McDavid, stick handle, shoot, score! An absolute gift for Connor McDavid. He stick handled, in with speed, slowed down, waited out James Weimer, deked the puck, and put it past him. So Connor McDavid gets his 64th goal of the season, his third point of the game, and it's 6-1 Edmonton. All right, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome as we get ready for the final three games of the regular season. And yeah, I got to admit, it feels like just yesterday we were getting ready for an early afternoon start for the Sharks' first two games of the year. What it was a Friday and a Saturday in Prague, and you know, there was so much excitement, there was so much to be, you know, really looking forward to. And you know, ultimately, there were some pretty cool things that happened this past year. I mean, whatever happens with Eric Carlson from here on out, whether or not he gets to 100 points, I don't think that takes away from what an incredible season he's had. Seeing him do this at a point where which I don't think many people thought it would occur is pretty spectacular. Um, getting to watch the evolution of a young player like William Eklund, getting him in even brief capacity, you can see the potential that is there. And yes, it's very unfortunate that he suffered a shoulder injury and has to have surgery and will you know, be not back till training camp. Uh, but that's a, an exciting aspect. Getting to take a look at Bordalo and Araska and Agushin and tonight a Robbins getting to play in front of his, you know, home crowd, relatively speaking. These are all exciting things to look at. And when Timo Meyer was here, he was an exciting player to watch. And I liked exactly, you know, what we could expect from him on a night in, night out basis. And now it's kind of at this point where you're just trying to make sure you don't sustain any major injuries, trying to make sure that you get into the postseason on as positive a note as you can try and find. Because there's not, in terms of the overall big picture, you're not going to talk about this season much when we get beyond it, right? Like, you're going to kind of want to forget it. But again, even though, you know, the Carlson memory might hold true, there's still going to be, you know, a lot of work to do in the offseason. And so you quickly put this season to bed and you move on to the next. Now, obviously, there are three games left, and you want to go out on a positive note, but I think it's important for all the players and the coaches and the front offs to be able to move on from this season. I think that's something that I am looking at 
and thinking to myself, like, what's the most important thing? It's just leave it in the past. I mean, you're going to be in a bad situation, okay? You deal with it, and then you move on. That's life. That's sports. That's where the Sharks have been. And then they just had to deal with this up close and personal, dealing with a, a very difficult situation for everyone in going up against Colorado for two in a row and then Edmonton. And, you know, as you heard the Connor McDavid show coming in, like, no one's been able to stop him. That's not just the San Jose Sharks. And then, you know, the Avs, they are the defending champions for a reason, even if they're not totally healthy. They're still an exceptionally dangerous team. And it would not surprise me if the two teams that the Sharks just faced, um, you know, are two of the last teams standing. When we talk about the West, I don't have the exact bracket in front of me. So criticize me if I am wrong. But you get my point. Like, there are many potential realities in which one of those two teams at the very least ends up in the Stanley Cup final. I'm not saying that is what will happen or it should be any excuses to why the Sharks got it handed to them. Um, but, you know, life is difficult when you go up against the best teams in the NHL. And I go no further than what the Sharks used to do to a lot of the teams in the NHL. They made life difficult. And the desire is to get back to that point as soon as possible. And hopefully, when I look back at what Mike Greer said, we might have to take a step back to take a step forward. And I hope this year is the big step back. I hope that we don't have to go through this again. And I hope that we get to really start seeing the Sharks and young players all start breaking out and having good performances as we look ahead to the future. But even with all that being said, it is still a bummer that the season is coming to an end. I enjoy watching Sharks hockey. I enjoy watching Eric Carlson. I enjoy watching Tomas Hurdle, Logan Couture, Mark Edward Vlasic, which, by the way, we'll get into this a little bit more, but he's done for the year, it sounds like. He did not make the trip. Uh, neither did Barabanov. So, you know, those are things that are unfortunate that happen. They're a part of the game. Hopefully uh, they are not uh, serious situations and they'll be able to heal up quickly in the offseason. But, you know, right now it is it is just the, the end of the year. I mean, there's no other way to put it. It's the end. We'll get to watch the playoffs and once again the Sharks won't be a part of it and that's tough. I don't like being in that situation any more than you do. But we can look ahead to a time where the Sharks are part of the postseason picture once again. I did want to get into sound from today's morning skate. David Quinn speaking with the media. He was asked about uh, kind of a reset after these last couple of games going up against two of the best in the West in Edmonton and Colorado. Yeah, real disappointing the way the last few games have transpired, but our opponent had something to do with it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when you're playing Calgary, uh, Colorado and Edmonton and you got world-class players and two teams that are built to win the Stanley Cup, it's a challenge for anybody, let alone uh, being in the situation we're in. So, you know, we played that second game against Colorado and, it, you know, it's back-to-back games and you're hanging around and all of a sudden Talon won out by the end of it. And then the Edmonton game, it's 2-1 to one halfway through the game and, you know, uh, towards the end of the second period, it's 3-1, to one, we get a power play, we get a shorthanded stopped. goal, so the whole thing kind of flipped. So, you know, we've got to manage games better. We've got to make sure when something goes bad, we make it better instead of getting dejected and make it worse. Yeah, that's something the Sharks have done all year long. They have made life difficult for themselves. They have made bad plays. They have made bad decisions. They've made bad passes. They have just done things the wrong way at the wrong time. And that is something, obviously, that David Quinn's going to want to work on right from the start of the next season is that life in the NHL is hard enough. You don't want to make it any harder for yourself or anyone else that is uh, on your team, that is. And that's something that I hope they look at very, very clearly in the offseason, like what were the things they were doing that led to these turnovers? Because I know it's easy to say, oh, he was sloppy with the puck, but it's like, does he have a simple outlook of what to do with this pass? And I've talked to Drew Remendo about this before, where he talks about the keep it simple, stupid aspect, you know, where you just want to be able to be, it's like, okay, if you're in this zone, 
in this situation and you have the puck, what should your immediate options be? Where should your eyes be going? Who's going to be coming to get that puck? Who should you be looking for? Like those types of things need to be set in stone. And I know that we all, you know, think about how complex some of the tactical systems are in the NHL, but also like it comes down to just being able to be like, okay, so what is the next step here? What is the next decision to be made? What is the next thing that you need to do to put yourself in the position to perform? Like that's what I keep on coming back to because you need to have those things set in stone to be able to get your players to perform at a higher level. And I know that that may not have been, you know, priority number one for Quinn coming into the season. He wanted to get guys on the same page with his system. And hopefully now that is more of the reality when you have more people that know the system, more of the new guys that come in will be able to understand and learn what exactly what their responsibilities are, what their priorities are, what works around them and what doesn't. And then you can start to get into more of the nuanced ideas of that system. Like I alluded to trying to figure out what's around you, what's the pass you're looking for, what's the player that's going to come and help. Like these, again, they sound relatively simple, but guys need to be on the same page, and that takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. And for David Quinn's system to be put in place to its full extent, yeah, it takes time. You need to have experience. You need to have um, more than just a general awareness. You need to have a cohesive understanding between all players of what they're supposed to do at all times. Once that can happen then you can really start to make those strides. You can really start to take, you know, big steps of progress, but that doesn't happen overnight. And that's another reason why they're bringing up these younger players is they're seeing how they fit into the system. They are seeing what they can bring. You evaluate their game against the highest level of competition to give you the highest level of understanding of what their deficiencies are. Um, Quinn was asked about looking at the youth in these last couple of games. Without question. I mean, listen, it's, you know, these guys get great opportunities and, you know, they deserve it. You know, being in the situation we're in, we can, you know, take younger players and audition them a little bit more than, than most teams uh, that are fighting for playoff spots. So that certainly weighs into it when guys are trying to find their way in the league as opposed to guys that have been in the league and are NHLers. And this is something that I've been talking about for a while. It's like bring up these young players, maximize what you can see from them, like make the most of a bad situation, evaluate younger talent, see where you are and where you need to get to. Like these are the things that I think are a high, high priority for maximizing the season. Now, obviously, you need to start making the most out of the seasons that are going to happen in the future. And there's, um, you know, cornerstones being set now, foundational pieces being developed But part of that is what you do at the end of this year is like getting to look at these players, getting to understand what their strengths and weaknesses are. And even in very small sample sizes going up against upper level competition, you can probably tell pretty quickly where you're not good enough. Is it your passing? Is it the way you receive the puck? Is it your decision making? Is it your vision? Is it your shot? Is it your release time? Is it your spatial awareness? You know, like what is the area that you need to improve upon. And that's what you get out of these situations. You get to put these guys in there and you give them a taste as well so that they have that much more to desire when they move forward in their career and in their development. Like, is everybody that's coming up at the end right now going to start with the Sharks next year? I have no idea. But you're giving them a taste. You're giving them an idea to fight for something. I mean, that's pretty exciting to me. Um, A little bit more on that uh, about... Tristan Robbins and getting to debut at home. Well, he might set 
the record for the longest smile in the history of mankind <laughs> since he walked into this arena, which is great to see. And, you know, it's really the great part of coaching this league when you see guys get an opportunity for the first time to play in their first NHL game, and let alone in an area where they're from. So it'll be very special for him, but also special for us to watch it. And he was asked about what he likes in Robin's game. Well, he must have grown in the last eight months because he's a little bit bigger than I remember him in training camp, which happens when you're a young player. So, But I like his edge. I liked his intelligence. I liked his coachability. He's a guy that you, you know, was always looking to learn. That kind of stuck out to me in training camp, and he applies it quickly. And, you know, he's got skills, and like I said, I'm really looking forward to, to watching him tonight. And again, I'm eager to watch him as well because these are the things you want to see. Give these guys a chance. Give them an opportunity. See exactly what you can get out of them and how they can turn into the best possible player that they can be when it comes to being an NHL prospect. And you know the fact that you know Robbins gets to do it near his hometown is pretty cool. And like Quinn said, he's smiling, he's happy. Like, yeah, this is a special moment. You get to make that NHL debut. You're doing it in an area that's close to your, you know, where you grew up. I think he said uh, about three hours north of there. That's exciting. That's something that you want to be able to have happen in your NHL career. And Hopefully it'll make him want to be that much better and work that much harder in the offseason to where he can make that NHL dream where it you know, comes true to an extent becomes a reality. It's more than just you know one series of games or a couple of you know a cup of coffee at the NHL level. It's like you want that to be your day in, day out life. Now, across the board, there are the ideas of the Sharks wanting to be spoilers and you know looking for motivation at this point of the year. This is what David Quinn had to say about that. Yes, you can, and there's some other things why people are playing. You know, A, you're a pro and you owe it to yourself and your teammates and your organization to give you best effort, but you know, there are guys that are striving some individual things that they'd like to achieve, but you know, we're also building the next year, and that's what a lot of these guys understand, guys that are going to be here next year. We want to continue to create the culture and the environment that we want to be successful uh, when we continue to prove our talent and yeah I mean he's right it shouldn't be just to play spoiler it should be to comport yourself as a professional even if you do get to play the role of spoiler along the way which is always fun but I I look at this as just like hey you know Eric Carlson's trying to get to 100 points that's something that everybody wants to help achieve as a collective you've got the overall composure and the level of pride that exists for the team that's something that everybody is looking at overall I get it that this is not an easy situation, that these guys are just looking to get out to the end of the year, but I think there is something to be made of the way these players act and the way they play and the way they can, you know, overall, you know, hold themselves accountable for what happens on the ice. And I don't think that just because it was the final home game of the year in a bad season that these guys hated losing to Colorado and Edmonton the way they did any less. I think it gave them motivation to want to get back out here in these final three games of the season and put forth the best hockey that they can and hopefully get you know a couple of more points on the road before all is said and done, whether or not the fans necessarily want those points on the board. These guys are professionals. They don't like being embarrassed. They don't like being towards the bottom of the standings. They don't like being associated with losing, and I can't blame them. They are supposed to go out there and do their job. They are supposed to go out there and be the best hockey players in the world, and I think that that means something to them, even if you know, you look at it from the outside and say, okay, you're fighting for a draft pick at this point. Like, again, I have a hard time walking up to Logan Couture and Eric Carlson saying like, hey, could you guys not play so hard? Make sure you don't get a point. Make sure you don't win. Like, they would look at you like you were absolutely out of your mind. And they would probably laugh at you and say, that's why you're not a professional athlete. <laughs> no offense. But that is that is the difference. Like, these guys, they don't care about tomorrow. They want to win today. 
they want to prove themselves against this team today because I'm sure all of them look at this record and say, this isn't us. This isn't how good we are. This isn't what we're capable of. This isn't what we should have been when all was said and done. Now, I, I knew this team was at best a bubble team, but I'm sure they viewed it as like, hey, if we play the right way, if we do the right things, if we are able to make the right strides, we'll be a playoff team. But that's not what they did. And I'm sure they all hate that failure, and I'm sure they all look at the idea of rectifying it in the here and now as something that is very, very important. I can't imagine seeing it any other way. Other news on the Sharks, Nikolai Kanijov was nominated for the Bill Masterton Memorial Trophy. Uh, this is uh, handed out to the player who best exemplifies the qualities of perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to the game. And with everything that Nikolai Kanijov has been through over the past couple of years to finally see him make his way back into the NHL, absolutely phenomenal. This is what head coach David Quinn had to offer. He's been through an awful lot, and he certainly deserves that nomination. But this kid's worked his ass off for over the last two years to get back in the lineup. I'm so happy to see him healthy and get a chance to continue to get better and improve. And, you know, we work so hard and he plays with such passion and energy. And, you know, there's a lot of adversity he's had to overcome to stay, get to this point. And, you know, I'm just really happy for him and happy for us because he's a legit prospect. And yeah, again, everything that he's been through up to this point um, to see him back up with the Sharks, which unfortunately um, is for Mark Edward Vlasic, he did not make the trip, like I said earlier. So Kanishoff is back up with the Sharks, and hopefully he gets to, you know, just build that base back up a little bit more. And, you know, the thing for Kanishoff is this is going to be a very, very important offseason for him because he's going to go in healthy, and he's going to be able to work on his game in a different way than he was able to do for a long, long time. I mean, you think about how long he was out and what he now is being asked to do with his offseason. I'm sure he views it as a huge opportunity and he's a super nice guy and he is um you know he is just ultimately one of those stories that you see in sports sometimes that you hate how it gets there you know injuries knocking a guy down but you get to see the perseverance of the human spirit and they build themselves back up and they get back to play in the NHL I've made the comparison many times to Clay Thompson now obviously Knijov is not a superstar like Clay Thompson but you know there are parallels back to back season ending career threatening injury type situations that's a lot for any player and or person to take in. And I think that, you know, it's something that I, I'm glad has been talked about more and more in recent years. But the psychological toll of having to rehab from those injuries, um, and especially when these athletes are so reliant on their bodies and the way that they go about their day-to-day -day business, it's all focused. Their entire livelihood is focused on their physical capabilities. To suddenly have that taken away, yeah, it's, it's, uh, that's just insane. I mean, that's not something that I would not want anybody to go through and it's something that, you know, athletes have to go through quite often. And I think that we acknowledge the mental health toll that happens there. And, you know, you, you see Knizhov come out clean on the other side. Not everyone is so lucky, but I'm excited to see him. Um, one thing I also am excited to, to hear about is who Robbins will be playing with. And it is an all Barracuda line. Oh, you're going to test me right now. Uh, Bortolo and Raska. So, yeah, I'm excited to see that coming up this afternoon. And, uh, yeah, the final 4 o'clock start of the year, by the way, which means pregame coverage will start at uh, 3.30 right here on the Sharks Audio Network. The puck drops uh, at 4, or the game broadcast starts at 4, and the puck will drop about 4.08. Then we've got Calgary coming up Wednesday at 7, and then Edmonton Thursday at 6. So we are in the final three games. It's Again, it's such a bummer. 
Not just because the season hasn't gone well, but, you know, I just I like watching Sharks hockey. And, yeah, the playoffs will make me forget for a bit, but then, you know, once we get past the Stanley Cup final, then it's like, uh-oh, there's a long, long time before we get to watch any hockey again, at least NHL hockey. But we are out of time. Again, join us, 3.30, live pregame coverage right here on the Sharks Audio Network. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yend.